we just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for season six. Thank you. Who would have thought a podcast could be a gift? Really? That pressing B could spiritually uplift and simultaneously give a Pharisee fits. <laughs> all in all, you the one controlling it. So the Lord is my shepherd. I can't go skit. So this new pot life is like a skit, though. A lot of people swinging. I didn't even throw a pitch, though. Uh, forehead is flint, what I'ma flinch for? Nothing. We all gon' repent for what we did. So I'ma keep it moving, ain't no stripper or no cussing gonna ruin what we doing. We are dwelling in communion. Assignment is different. Dwellers get the sentiment. Vulnerability's my superpower. How many feeling it? Thank you, Lord, for this influence. Without you, influence just don't make sense. Nah. Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. Boom. Are we on? We're on, baby. Are we on and on? We're on for you, sir. Hey, um, the headphones are like, I should have tested these before we went live, but I didn't. You need a little bit more? Yeah, a lot you. more, actually. A lot more? Check, 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 check. That's yours. That's oh, not, is that mine? That's not adjusting anything? Check, 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 check. Give me some more. Okay, that's yes. Yes. Okay, that's that's good. That feels right. good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We live live. We live live. We figuring it out live. We went to a different part of my house. That's how <laughs> that's how live we are. That we're going to di- we're just going on tour. Now we're in a different part of my house and it's still we're just still doing what we do. I love you guys. Shout out to Press B. Shout out to my dwellers. Shout out to my promoters. Thank you so much for your generosity. We do not take it for granted. Also want to give a shout out to those that give through Cash App and through PayPal. Um, y'all have us out here consistently. Like we we we're like very, very consistent. Except when we're doing the Sabbath and, and doing sabbaticals. We consistent out here. And so um, I'm so grateful you're here. I'm so excited because today um, is all Q&A bars. Today is Q&A. Hey, today is Q&A. Listen, I don't have all the answers, but that don't mean we can't ask questions. Right. So, um, yo, my my phone still sound kind of weird. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's plugged in all the way or. How about that? What? No, that's not me. That's not you? That's not even me. Check, 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 check. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Okay. That that feels better. I'm just going to crank everything up a little bit. Okay. Is that you? No, that's not me. That's not me. This isn't you at all? And this one's not you? Check, 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 check. Okay, that was going down. Okay, so this one's you. Okay. okay. So up, 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 more? That's all the way up, my my guy. I don't know, dude, then I don't really? know what it is. Okay. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not I'm not sure if it's You keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna swap you. Okay, no worries. Like that's a I don't know what that's plugged into. Maybe it's down here. Maybe it's down. Does that is that helping at all? Check, 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 check. Maybe is it this connection that's going down here? Hey y'all, this is hey. 
It just is what it is. Hey, listen, when you move to a different part of the house, we're going to figure we're, it out. We're going to figure it out as we go. Babe, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Now it's out. Check, 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 check. Okay, that may, and then which one, which one is that on? Is that going to help me check one, two, three, four? One, two. Wow. Okay. Well, we're just going to leave it like it is then. As long as everybody can hear me. Can everybody hear me? That's the question. That's the question we need to know. No, we ain't doing it. No, 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 no. We're not cross-pollinating nothing. We just hear, oh, this looks really pretty. They can hear me? Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm coming in the chat. I'm coming in the chat. All right. So y'all just spent all this time. Just helping, just seeing if we got our mics right, but we in here. Anyway, oh, let me turn this down because that's that's going to be, that's going to be stupid feedback. Please, please, please pick me. Um, uh, How do I deal with doing more in ministry and my wife does not want me to be active in church? Oh, oh, that's how we're going to start. It's the first thing my eyes land on. All right, Anthony NTN. Intian. That sounds like a maybe a French name or French last name or something like that. All right, Anthony, uh, how do I deal with doing more in ministry and my wife does not want me to be active in church? Oh, my God. I don't know if you ready, Anthony, for my answer, but here it comes. I would not do ministry without my wife's consent and agreement point blank period and before you say well then my wife's hindering me in ministry Mm. time for me to find the next Mm. looks like this one's gonna be my ex nah fam here's the truth anytime you feel that type of resistance from your wife that means she's aware of something and or sensing something that you know nothing about And you need to become curious as to why she's resistant and or reticent to allowing you to do more ministry before you become furious that she's resistant. You need to become curious, sir, and not furious. I know you're probably upset. You want to do more ministry. You feel a call of God on your life. But God called you and your wife to be one. And so if she is resistant in any way, you need to become curious as to why. Because you do not want to be making moves in ministry and your wife is not in agreement. Because it's just, it's just, it's just, it's not, it ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good. You don't want to, I know you're probably younger and so, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, pastors' wives under big hats, and it ain't because of fashion. She hiding her face. <laughs> she hiding her face because she don't want to be there at all. All she she signed up to raise some kids and and kind of like hang out and you know she fell in love with the guy she married, but the 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 pastor in him is a jerk. 
She loves the guy she married, but the pastor in him is entitled. She loved the guy she married, but the pastor in him is a narcissist. She loved the guy she married, but the pastor in him loves Jesus' bride more than he loves his own bride. So all I'm saying is if your wife has any resistance to you doing ministry before you think that she's being used by Satan and she's some hindrance, Become curious. You need to become curious as to why she does not want you in ministry. Maybe she has some trauma. Maybe she has some church hurt. I, I just wouldn't put her through something like that. You can, listen, I'm living proof at this stage of my life that you can fulfill God's call in your life and you don't have to be in the pulpit. I think I need to start a crusade about uh, uh, anybody that feels they have a call of God on their life, I should talk to them first, Right. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't have the bandwidth to actually do what I just said. I volunteer for something that I have absolutely no way of following through with. All I'm saying is... Hunger Games thing. Yeah. <laughs> My volunteers tribute. Wait, what does this mean again? So, okay, this here, here's how I'll say it then. I wish I could talk to everybody before they stepped into ministry. Because everybody that has a call of God on their life, that call of God does not equate to you preaching behind a pulpit. Mm. And that's why the average church is 75 people right now. Because everybody thinks I'm supposed to be the lead pastor. So you got you got churches on every corner like you got a McDonald's, Jack in the Box, Burger King and a uh, uh, Carl's Jr. across the street from each other. Right. Everybody just want a burger. Right. But the truth of the matter is. Do we need do, do we need all four of y'all on all four corners? Like, can we get like a McDonald's and an El Pollo Loco <laughs> and maybe a Del Taco? I'm doing all Cali food places, right? And maybe, I don't know, if you want to mix it up, put a Checkers or a Rallies. And can we be real? Pollo or a Fat Burger. Huh? Pollo Loco is amazing. Pollo Loco is... God is in there. I, he's in that chicken. I, and he did make a way. He did make a way through that chicken. Absolutely. So, um... uh. Yeah, before there was any thought of a Chick-fil-A, we had a pollo loco. A pollo loco. That's the right way to say it. A pollo. Pollo loco. So um, I hope that helps somebody. Can you talk a little bit, though, more about like what ministry actually is? And I say that because I have a friend who just had a baby and like, he's like, dude, I know God's calling me to ministry and I'm just like stuck in like trying to prepare for my family and get things set right, in so, order. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah please, so, please, please, so please, this please. is a clarifying question to what we're already talking about. Yes, right. Sir. So, um, uh, what is ministry? Ministry is you advancing the kingdom of God. It's the most simplistic way I can give you the answer. What is ministry? Ministry is you advancing the kingdom of God. Now, what we call full-time ministry is somebody that works in the church. But the moment you give your life to Jesus, you in ministry, fam. What are we talking about? Yes, sir. So you work at UPS and you're like, man, I'm just working this dumb job. You're a corporate exec, like in IT, and you're like, man, I'm doing this job. I'm making six figures, man, but I really want to be in ministry. You're already in ministry. Yes. Ah. That part. I'm just coding all day. You're next to like 60 other nerds <laughs> and they don't know, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, listen, man, I'm tired of everybody. Oh, I was about to say something crass. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I just think, I just think people have a fetish with, with full-time ministry. Oh, yes, sir. 
It's a fantasy for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I got to be in full-time ministry, oh, I want to preach the sermon. Draws thousands to Christ. How are you getting turned on by that? This is a fetish for you. You're getting, like, you're getting aroused by the thought of ministry. That, man, fam, this ain't the, this, you don't want this life. I promise you. That's the reason why you're in here. You don't want that life. And and some I'm not saying everybody has that intention. Some of you all have great intentions and you feel that call and that burden. But if that's really for you, God is the one that opens those doors. I, I promise you, there's no starter kit for it. And, and here's another thing. If you call to preach, you won't wait for an engagement. If you really are, if you really are a worship leader, you ain't going to wait till somebody asks you to lead worship. Singers sing, preachers preach, players play, drummers drum. Like whatever you actually do, that's what you do. Painters paint. So if this is really who you are, it's going to just come. You're going to do it regardless whether you get paid or not. If it happens to uh, uh, morph until you get paid, that's just a bonus. I think I talked about uh, uh, last time we were on Dave Chappelle. He he um his dad asked him to, when he said he wanted to do comedy. His his dad was like, "You ain't gonna make no money," and he was like, I, "If I just got make enough money to cover like my apartment or whatever he was in, I'll be fine." Then his dad was like, well, "Okay, then do it." But if you're only doing it to make it, you you're gonna be comparing yourself to everybody, right? You'll have 500 followers. You'll be jealous of, you'll be like throwing up sick that somebody has 630 followers. It don't take much. And like, you, you ain't going to just be falling out over the people that got 5 million people following them. You're going to be falling out. You're going to be falling out over people that got 730 people following them. So all I'm saying to you is um, don't do anything your wife don't want you to do. Point blank, period. Let, let me let me read you. Let me read you. My favorite verse is this is not a verse. Forgive me. This is not a verse. Uh, this is my favorite line from one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Heat. Okay. Robert De Niro in Heat says this. Don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. That's De Niro, chapter 12, verse 3. Amen. Amen. De Niro 12, verse 3. Do not let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. I told my wife, all 27 and a half years that I've been preaching, I've been married to Juliet for 24, right? So for 24 years, we've been married at different intervals of as God was continuing to allow ministry to grow and influence to grow and engagements to grow and speaking opportunities and all this kind of stuff. Um, I told Juliet, if any of this is getting too much, I'll drop it. I'll drop it right now. I'll, I'll leave ministry right now. And I'll get a job at, at freaking Plano PD. I saw, I saw a billboard when Nathan and I were driving back from Houston uh, this weekend. Plano, Plano police department is paying like $102,000. For police officers. That's a good six-figure salary. In Plano? 
Ain't, ain't nothing popping off in Plano except probably some meth. <laughs> right? Like I think some white kids are doing meth in Plano, but that's about it. So, so like, there's other stuff to do. And I, I can arrest them for the meth and put them in the, in the back of the squad car. And I got a captive audience. I can preach the gospel to them jokers. What they going to say? They can't get out. I got them cuffed. They're in the back seat. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, I'm, I'm, listen, I will drop anything for Juliet. Well, no, you're called to ministry. and but, Hold on, fam. I'm supposed to love my wife like Christ loves his church. Not instead of Christ loving his church, I'm supposed to love his church. I'm supposed to love my wife like Christ loves his church. So Jesus has a bride and I have a bride. He's called me to minister to his bride, but he's called me to take care of mine. Point blank, period. If I'm supposed to preach at a church this Sunday and I can't make it, because something's going on with Juliet. You can get anybody else in the world to preach on a Sunday. Somebody else got a sermon. But when it's my Friday night date night, I can't call somebody to come take my wife out because I got to go preach at a church. What that sound like? Hey, dog, I need you to come over. I was supposed to go to movies with Juliet tonight. We usually go on Friday nights, but man, psh, ministry came up, man. So um already got reservations for us uh, at Seasons 52. So if you could just take her up there, bro, and just hang out with her. And she likes to snuggle uh, at the movies. Um, and then just bring her home. And you know, what? I'm sorry. What, fam? Yeah. I Like, I can't even get through that analogy without murdering the person that I asked to do it. You ever seen the movie Pulp, Pulp Fiction? Of course I have. John Travolta? Yeah. The little lady on the date? Yeah. And then it turned into hell. It just yep. doesn't work it, out. It, it don't it work out, man. It don't work out. Uh, Tim, I got a question kind of going off of that, though. Is the, per like, let's say the dude, the pastor, or even in the business world, the mm -hmm. guy who's obsessed with his career, mm -hmm. the root of all that, is it dominantly, have you seen in your in your experience with people, is it is it pride? Is it ego? Is it insecurity? What's driving the man away and what are the excuses he brings up well well he well um he started to believe a lie and he started to believe the lie that um he was to take care of christ's bride i actually um heard a dude i won't mention his name uh but he was a very popular uh pastor at one point in predominantly black circles but still very very popular anyway Dude got a divorce, okay? And the denomination he was a part of felt like, hey, if you're since you're a part of this denomination, we've supported you for years, but you're getting a divorce. We need you to sit down for six months. Well, he skirts that process, uh, jumps out of the denomination. Um, ma marries the, the next chick before the ink is really dry on the divorce from his wife. But... I'll never forget what this dude said. It, it was the one of the most cringe-worthy things um, that I've ever heard in my life, and and it just lets you know the psyche, like how much you can be lied to by the enemy. Basically, what this dude said was, um, and I don't have it verbatim, but I'm very, very close. He said, um, uh, 
God called me to preach, but he didn't call me to get married. Ah. Like ministry is my calling, but like marriage is kind of like, I could take it or leave it. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a calling to be married, but I do have a calling to preach. I thought to myself, hey, fool, if you was in the garden, you would have ate the whole, like whatever that fruit was, because we we say it's an apple, but we don't, it never says apple, it just says fruit. I, whatever that fruit was, he would have had a pie of it <laughs> with whipped cream on top. Because my guy, my, my guy is like, like really, like you're delusional at that point. And so, um, man, that's, that's my, that's my answer to, to homie's question. Um, Hey, I'm just looking down at, I'm just looking down at this chat. I I got one that's from earlier. Um, Okay. Kara says, I can't get over the resentment from my husband's sex addiction. He's not acting out anymore, but he's not doing the harder work for me to stay. I don't want to live a resent, or I don't want to live resentful anymore. And we've both done therapy on both sides. Ooh, y'all, y'all, y'all want it today. Y'all came in here with the, y'all are some basement dwellers for real. Y'all ain't. It's because we came upstairs and set up in here and they felt the energy. It's uh, whatever it is. I don't know. Chow. Okay. What's her name? Kara. All right, Kara. Kara. Now, I don't know the nuances or the levels to what sex addiction means. In your marriage. I don't presume what you've already endured. What I will say, though, is that um, it sounds like uh, how this sex addiction has manifested has given you grounds for divorce. That's what it sounds like. I'm not presuming it. It sounds like that, though. Um. And at this point, you have a choice. This is, church don't like talking about this kind of stuff because we love marriage to the point that it's like we'll just use bobby pins and super glue. Just stay together. Just stay together. You, you, you know, don't let the enemy win. Stay together. Well, I don't want the enemy to win either. But if my spouse is not doing everything they're supposed to do after the breach of trust, after the breach of our relationship, why am I bound to stay with somebody who is not bound to live up to their side of the covenant? Remember what remember what that altar call is. That 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 altar call that y'all let, let me explain. Why do I say altar call? When you come down the aisle, bride. To meet that man. Man, when you are waiting for your bride to come down the aisle and you, you're you there to meet that woman, y'all are at an altar. This ain't a place of happiness and joy. This is a place where you die. Now, the reason why we get those signals mixed up because she's so beautiful. She's She has one all white. He, he looks the best he's ever going to look. His hair is cut and he has on his little tux and his little cummerbund if he's that fashionable. Where he has on his little vest and his little his little uh, corsage, and he's ready for life, right? And they're both looking their best, and nobody is aware of the fact that they gotta die right now. 
these jokers walk down to this altar, not to live happily ever after, to die ever after, over and over and over again. You exchanged those vows. You looked in one, one another's eyes. You made this covenant between the two of you before God and witnesses. Now, life is hit. And we're not saying that uh, uh, mistakes are not going to happen. We're not saying that there's not going to be uh, horrible moments of misjudgment and disappointment and all that kind of stuff. All we're saying is when it happens, own it. And whether you're the guy or the girl, if you have breached the marriage vows, you don't get to work at 30%. I said, I'm sorry. I, I gave you, like I put covenant eyes on my phone. Like you get a report every week to see where I am. No, no, no. That's the bare minimum, fam. You got to be a new type of person. Nathan, whose phone are you on? Okay, um, you, you you can't just do the bare minimum. You gotta you you gotta literally be doing all that you are supposed to do over and above because you broke the you broke the vow. So you don't get to just do the bare minimum. You've lost the benefit of the doubt. I say this all the time. When you break your covenant vows, you've lost the benefit of the doubt. That's not punishment. That's consequence. Your spouse ain't being hard on you. I said, I'm sorry. I mean, don't you trust me? No, I don't trust you. I've placed my faith in you, but don't make that hard for me. You can't stay, you can't stay off, you can't get off work at five and come home at 7:30 and 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 want my mind, my psyche to believe you were stuck in traffic for two and a half hours when you live 11 miles from the house. Either I need to have Access to, to, to you, you know, that find my phone option on iPhone, whatever you call it, where I can just, my, my, my wife can track me anywhere. She taps my, my, my name and she can find me anywhere in the world. My, I, I, baby, I was stalking you. I saw your little blue dot right here. And my wife, there's no jealous bone in Juliet's body. She just loves me. That's why she stalks me. That's a, that's a, you know what I'm saying? That's that, that's that husband riz right there. You know what I'm saying? My wife. Loves me, therefore she stalks me because that's the type of energy I give off. Mommy wants to know where her man is at. You know what I'm saying? That's the vibe you want. You know what I'm saying? But um, but like if it, it, your whole life has to be open now because you've lost the benefit of the doubt. So, Kara, 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 I don't listen. I don't know. You you got to make a decision, but just know, homie, you got to live with that decision you make. And can can I add to this? Add, like, add already. In my life, in my story, with my ex-wife, I messed up. Yeah. And so, like, I had to own my mistake. That's right. Fully. And you did. And I, and I did. Yes, you did. And that still resulted in divorce. That's and right. I don't hold that against her in no. any way. That was her decision. It was her decision, and I had to honor and respect that. That's right. And love her through that decision. That's right. That's right. And through that, um, she has had multiple conversations with me after our divorce. Yep. And we've brought context and clarity. Yep. And one of the last things that she said to me, and it was so beautifully honest, was she was like, I saw the work you were doing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you weren't doing the work. Right. But I knew that I was going to make you pay for that mistake the rest of your life, and that wasn't fair to you. And listen. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. To that's me. beautiful. She knew it, we, we weren't going to heal together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to live with my actions. She, with the results of my actions. She realized 
that she had a limit. Yes. And we want everybody's limit to be full forgiveness and restoration because it's a beautiful, it's a better story. Right. It's a better story. And that ain't the only story. Exactly. I'm so sorry, y'all. Everybody ain't going to live happily ever after. I know you want them to. I want them to. I want everybody to. But everybody's not because everybody has a decision to make. That part. And that's why I wanted to hit on this because just because it's a quote unquote beautiful ending to the story right. doesn't mean it's the healthy ending for you. Yeah. And so like you have to make that decision yourself, even if it's to leave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All right. Uh, Brittany, I'm just looking down at my phone. Uh, Brittany says, how it, how is other churches, a, how are other churches? I know what you're trying to say, boo. Uh, how are other churches able to quote Bible, but don't see lawlessness in their teachings but say follow the Bible, but they, but but them being of another denomination dismiss the principle like acknowledgement of spirit. That's kind of choppy, Brittany. Um, I'm gonna have to move on. Uh oh, I like this one, David Johnson. Um, does God want us to be happy? <laughs> does He care about our happiness? Many of the stories I've heard people in the Bible were not pleasant, but God was pleased by their actions. What does it mean? Mm. So um, happiness is a feeling. And feelings are fleeting. So I don't I, I don't think God wants us to be happy because happiness is a feeling and feelings are fleeting. Feelings are conditional. Happiness is conditional. The AC is on right now. We're happy. If the AC went off right now. We'd no longer be happy <laughs> unless, I mean, I got on good deodorant too. I got like on a, a 48 hour deodorant. It's a, a hell of a lot of aluminum in this deodorant to block the, that bacteria from turning into funk. Right. And I don't want the AC to go off. Right. Because it will become unpleasant. I know it's first world, but it is what it is. Right. So um, I don't think God is interested in our happiness. He is, interested in our contentment can we be content because life is going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you there's a whole bunch of people in the bible you're right david that went through unpleasant situations and circumstances but the truth of the matter is um i can't find anywhere in the bible where he wants us to, like where it's his mandate i'm coming to make you happy if he was coming to make us happy he would have intercepted the serpent and not let eve digest that fruit along with Adam. Right. So, you know, no happiness is not something that is a prerequisite to having an abundant life in Jesus Christ, especially when Jesus said that you will carry your own cross. Right. And that, uh, in the same way that he was persecuted, you would be persecuted too. So happiness is not God's ultimate agenda for our life. I believe contentment in all things is. Gucci. Uh, Robbie. Or Roby. Um, R-O-B-Y. Love you. I just love all of y'all in this chat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Uh, oh, I see somebody above that or below that. Pregunta. <laughs> all right. So um, how do we discern if a career opportunity is from God or if it is a t or if it is a test of our ability to remain still until further notice of our next assignment? Very good question. Um, 
if a career opportunity is from God or it's a test. Um, so when it comes to career opportunities, I think the only way to know is to test it and to see. Right? So, okay, there's a career opportunity that's afforded to you. You want it. I I, I always tell people, go for it. Unless you really get a check in your spirit. Most of the... Most of the stuff you find out, thank you, Holy Spirit. Most of the stuff you find out as you walk out your faith, you find it out while walking it out. Not sitting down like left or right, Jesus. No, start making a left and then let him say, no, nah, fool, right. <laughs> right? Start making a right and then let the Holy Spirit be like, Mm-mm, make a left. Or you start making a right and then you find out that there's a wreck over there and the and traffic is backed up and now you're going to be moving slow. You know what? This might've been the wrong move, right? So what I would say is don't, don't make it harder on yourself. A career opportunity comes up, take it. I, I wanted to be in law enforcement. I went to, listen, y'all, I have never been drunk in my life and I've never smoked weed in my life. Not because I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to get drunk or to smoke weed. I wanted to be a homicide detective. I wanted to be in law enforcement from the time I was four years old. So I knew, because my mother worked for the LAPD for 30 years, I knew two detectives were going to go back to kindergarten and work their way up through my life. And I grew up in the hood. I was in a gang for seven days. My brother is an original founder of one of the gangs in L.A. He walked me on the set. I got walked off the set seven days later. So then I wind up. Going to, uh, uh, you know, I, I got pretty much like C's in school. I was never inspired by school. But my mom brought home all of the training manuals and, and things that the police, adapt, police academy cadets had to read and digest and go through. So I, I memorized two-thirds of the California Penal Code when I was 16 years old. Um, I had played all the simulated games that uh, they put the cadets through in the LAPD back then. And then... Um, and this was back then when you had to load the floppy disk into the the big tower, the, the computer tower. You had to load those disks in. And then um, uh, then I started looking at uh, autopsies on the medical channel. I looked at autopsies and I saw the way people died and decomposed and, you know, what a body looks like after it's been in, the, in, in, a, in water for three days and what a body looks like when it's been out in the heat for a week and then what a body looks like when it's been, you know, in very cold temperatures, like frozen. Um, and that's why I can, you know, stomach death, like death is just whatever. And if I, if I, I can watch somebody get shot, I couldn't watch somebody roll the ankle. If somebody rolls their ankle, fine. If they get their head blown off with a shotgun, I'm like, rewind it. Not like out of pleasure. I'm just like, dang. Right. Um, so anyway, that was all graphic. <laughs> all I'm saying is I did all this training cause I had my whole focus in life was to be a homicide detective. I get through to the last thing that at the time, police Academy, you fill out the application. You had a, um, written exam. You had an oral exam. The detectives met with you. Then you had an interview. Um, the, you had a physical, um, and then, 
the last stage was the actual uh, psychological evaluation. I've passed everything with flying colors and I failed my psych. That was how I figured out God didn't want me in the LAPD. The last stage I failed my psych. I was mad. I was bitter. I backslid. Keeping it a buck with y'all. I backslid for about three weeks, told the Lord, you're petty. And if you didn't want me to be in law enforcement, why even make me go with the, through the whole thing? And um, years years later, no, this wasn't years later. I Like, I backslid for like three weeks. I tried to go back to the club. And then the, um, some dude in the club walked up to me and was like, hey, bro, you ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> Some dude with drinking like a Crown Royal walked up to me and was like, hey, little homie, you ain't supposed to be in here, man. You don't even look right in here. I'm like, How this center telling me where I'm supposed to be. Well, because I was acting like a uh, I was acting like a um, center, too. So went back to my roots and 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 uh, didn't even fit in, didn't even fit in. Right. And so I remember being like still salty with with the Lord and the Lord was like, I never told you you were going to be a homicide detective. You did. Well, damn. My bad, sir. But I did like I did want to do it, though, you know, Um, so then you grieve it and then you just move on. So um, but but if I would have sat there and like, Lord, tell me which way I'm supposed to go. Sometimes that happens. The majority of time, the majority of times you find out the will of God as you're walking out your faith. We walk by faith. Right? We live by faith. Right? We don't sit in it. We live in it and we walk in it. So that's my answer to that. We had uh Jess who gave nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Hey she Jess is a real one. She said, uh, am I obligated to be honest with someone I'm not married to, but I've been in a relationship with over a decade uh, a decade. He invalidates my feelings and doesn't create a safe space for me to be honest. Thank you. You're not even obligated to stay with him. Why are you even with him? It sounds like you need to be brave enough to say goodbye. You with somebody 10 whole years? Who 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 I don't now I don't know what I can't presume is who has the cold feet in taking this to the next step. Cause I'll tell you right now, I, I ain't gonna be with nobody for 10 years and not having sex with them. That's just me. Now you might be different. I'm just telling you, me, I'm not gonna be with nobody for 10 years and not getting some. Ain't happening. Um, but if I am with somebody for 10 years and I ain't getting some, first of all, that's not going to happen. So I can't even, I I can't even make that. There's some hypotheticals I can't even dabble in. Okay. Um, uh, but if I, if I am in this relationship for 10 years and it hasn't led to marriage, then there's a, there's been a huge freaking red flag over this relationship for a long time, homegirl. (laughs) And I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a real mute. I'm, I'm in that sniper mode today. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just telling you, please forgive me if this is coming off like kind of abrasive or blunt or whatever. But I'd rather tell you now, you need to be brave enough to say goodbye. 
If this dude's been invalidating you that long, he's going to keep invalidating you. Ooh. Say bye. Say bye-bye. I promise you, baby. There's somebody else. I promise you there's somebody else. You just got to say goodbye to him. Unwind your life from him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Unwind your life from him, from the inside out. Start with it emotionally, relationally, physically, if there's been that connection. And again, I'm not assuming that's, conne that, that's connection. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you about me. I'm not trying to project that on you. Um, uh, uh, if you haven't been physical, th there's definitely an emotional tie. If you have been physical, I, I, there's going to be a, a, a physical tie. All I'm saying is you can unwind yourself from this dude. And you can and you can do better. You can do better. This dude doesn't know how to steward you. So this guy asks, how do you know the difference between operating out of sinfulness versus brokenness? I don't even. Okay. I, I, I would need way more context okay. to that. No problem. All sinners are broken. Yeah. So. I don't even know I how to. I think he's wondering if it's like a temptation into sin or if like he's just broken in like a broken heart or season. But again, that's speculation. Can't do and it. So can't, can't do, do it. it. We, we need y'all to be a way more specific, yeah. my guy and my girl. I'm going to need y'all to be way more specific. Okay, Amber M., uh, how do you differentiate between trusting God for something and faith without works is dead? Um, where's the line where I'm no longer trusting how do I trust and wait without overstepping or controlling? Man, this 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 chat is jumping. I'm just trying to keep the yeah. I'm trying to keep the uh, <laughs> the question. I'm trying to keep the question from disappearing on me. I'm <laughs> scrolling up trying to find it. Wait a minute. Uh, so how do you differentiate between trusting God for something and faith without works is dead? I think it depends on the thing. Like, like, let's just use situational awareness for a moment, right? What do I have to trust God for? Stuff I can't do. Stuff I can't control. Stuff I can't fix. Where would I apply faith without works is dead? In stuff I can control. I can control if I'm going to apply for the job or not. I can control if I'm going to uh, put a down payment on the house. I can control if I'm going to... Uh, you know, apply for a new position. So, so I think, I think it just, I think just uses some, 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 some kind of common sense as, as it relates to what is the scenario before us, right? Like I got a bad report health wise. I got to trust God to be a healer. There's, what, but, and what can I do? If, if it's high blood pressure, I can change my diet. If it's diabetes, I can change something about that. Right? If I get on the if I get on the scale and the doctor's like, man, you gotta lose 40 pounds, I can trust God and I need to change my diet. Point blank period. Right? So I just I just feel like sometimes we just gotta we just gotta apply some um practical parameters to what this looks like. You know what I mean? There, there's some stuff that I just got to believe God for because I don't know how that's going to work. There's other stuff that, you know what, I need to I need to I need to ask, seek and knock. I don't know if it's for me or not, but I need to shoot my shot. Does that, I hope that makes sense. So 
Deontra asks, how do you navigate relationships with narcissistic parents? Man, don't we love our parents? Mm -hmm. Don't we? Yeah. Let me ask it. Let me, let me put it a different way. Didn't I don't, and I don't want to say love because, um, this may not be the case, but didn't we have to depend on them for our survival? And then you get older and you find out you're a straight up narc. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, mom. Yeah. Here's your mother day's card, but you're a narc. <laughs> and I didn't know you were a narc, mommy. Mm -hmm. Dad, I love you. You provided for me. You got me through college and you're a narcissist. You don't even care about me. You only care about the way I present. And if that messes up your image or not, dang it. I hate that I found out about narcissism. I hate that I went and started doing my own therapy and figured out that y'all are the root of my trauma. <laughs> Damn family of origin. You screwed me again. Um, yeah, you, you just gotta, again, I, I believe in honoring and being honest, right? Scripture, scripture says, honor thy mother and father that they may, that your days may be long on the earth. Right? So I honor my parents and wait for it. I'm honest about my experience with them. I honor my parents and I'm and I'm honest about the experience that I've had with them. Now, my honor will always be public. My honesty will most likely be private. Because everybody don't need to know everything my parents did to me that may have impacted my life, which I'm just being honest, I got I won the lottery when I got my parents cuz they didn't do much to impact me in a negative way at all. However, um, I can be honest, but I had to do this with spiritual leaders. I honor them publicly, but I'm honest about them jokers privately. Now that ain't, that ain't, that ain't everybody's business either. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not putting my, my natural parents or my spiritual parents on blast ever. I honor them, but I also have to be honest. And that's what we call in therapy, integrating the negative reality. You have to be able to integrate the negative reality. The, 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 you have to be able to integrate the negative narratives of your life. And this is why we don't use but that much in this space, in the basement. We use and, right? Hey, my parents were great people, but they were also narcissistic and that behavior caused me a lot of emotional wounds. No, my parents were great people and they're narcissists. <laughs> My dad's like a Mensa level genius, right? He is, his IQ is off the charts. Um, there's only 11 brains like his in the whole wide world. And he's the most absentee father of all time. Oh my God, you didn't, your father abandoned you? Uh, not physically, emotionally. Yeah, he was in the house, but we were just accessories. <laughs> Get out of my face, kid. I don't have time. I can't take you to the park. I can't come to your game. I'm important, I'm important, I'm important. Me, 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 me. What college are you going to? I thought you were going to my college. I mean, come on, man. I'm alumni there. Blah, blah, blah. My friends. I thought I hooked you up. And da, 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 da. Didn't I pay for your school? Like, then it gets manipulative. Right? 
whole bunch of scenarios, right? So I just went like successful father. Then we can, <laughs> then we can go like crack father, right? <laughs> like never there. And then you wind up having like a great job and you wind up semi-famous. And then it's like, hey, son, boy, I've always been proud of you. You've always meant so much to me. I just didn't know how to put it in words. Can I have $5? Can you put $5 in my hand? In ones, please. I, I need it in ones because you know that 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 uh, jackpot done hit 1.5 bill. So, so, you know, I even though I know you, you make a lot of money, what I'm hoping is if you give your old man five, I'll use three to get a whopper. But two, I'm just believing God that the numbers I've been running since I was 22, they finally going to hit. I know your mama left me because she thought that I was crazy. But I'm telling you, these numbers going to hit one day. I just wanted to cover the type of dads you could have. And I went extreme both ways. And I went you, like successful narcissist to crack dad. So in, in this scenario, hopefully. do you actually give money to them or is it just full-blown discernment with you and your partner and trying to be wise about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I, you always got to be wise, even if it's your parents. I, I just, I, I love my parents, and they they already know. Like, ain't nobody just writing out no free checks around here. Now, my parents are responsible people. They can get whatever they want from me. But I got other family members that have asked for money, and I'm like, okay. How are we not going to be in this position next month? I'm also going to do a group chat with the rest of the family so you don't wind up getting $1,000 from nine different people. Because if all you needed was a grand, then don't let me find out that after you got mine, you hit up five other family members. So there's going to be a group text. Because I could give you a grand or 10 of us could give you $100. Right? We can get you your money. That ain't going to be the problem. What you're not gonna do is play us. I bet you won't do that. No, no, no. When it comes to I'm I'm mm -mm, mm -mm. God has blessed me with money. I know how to make money and I know how to keep it too. I'm very, very generous. The moment you make me feel like I'm obligated for you, I will shut up faster than Jericho. I will dry up faster than the doggone Colorado River. You you mm -mm, you won't get nothing out of me. Let me find out you think I owe you. We family. You owe me, nigga. I bet you I don't. And that's the dynamic, dude, that I see a lot is um, family trying to just hold each other by the bond of blood. And it's like people need an excuse to say, no, you're no longer a healthy system in my life. And Period. I can cut this out. But for some reason, when it's family do, they feel obligated because of the blood. Yeah. It's like if they are creating a non-safe space for you, they forfeit their blood. I bet you they do. I promise you. I, listen, family, I, I love my family. And I have healthy boundaries around them. I'm, I'm self-differentiated. They're not going to get nothing out of me. Not like that. Y'all, ooh, y'all show sure isn't in a given mood today. <laughs> I'm seeing this across the board. Y'all are just being a blessing. There's one guy in the chat, and I love his his screen name. It's Dwellivator. Hey, and I'm just like, no, he's oh, winning. That is awesome. No, that he's winning. Dwellivator is fantastic. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't come up with it. 
All right, uh, let me see. Um, pregunta. Um, do you think the tone in which God speaks is different when he speaks to men versus women? Or, and this thing is jumping, or does his tone change based on how close in relationship you are to him? That's such a sweet question. Meat. I'm just going to say meat. I don't know what the rest of that is. So and so and so. Meet so and so. Meet so and so. Okay, meet so and so. Okay, I figured it out. Sometimes when you just rush all them words together, you don't know what what's <laughs> popping in there. Okay, so uh, I don't think I don't I I, I can't I, I wouldn't be able to say if God changes his tone or not. I don't know. I know he speaks to everybody. I know he wants to speak to everybody. I know he wants to be heard by everybody. But in terms of tone, I know the Holy Spirit has talked to me in different parts of my life in different ways. Like he's been firm and he's had to be street with me. I know, I, and I know that a bunch of y'all ain't gonna believe that. Cause y'all, I know you I know what y'all think. <laughs> y'all, I got consensus on, not all of y'all, but a lot of y'all think that everything the Lord say is happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah. And that, uh-uh, I got Bible to prove that wrong. I don't know what y'all talking about, but I'm not gonna go there <laughs> on today. This is a Q and A. I got a one for you if you want. Okay. If you want it, um, this is I think their name's Juice. I cannot pronounce their last name. Come on, Juice. Um, and say they say, what does healthy tension look like, and should I do the healing work from my trauma before addressing tension and or conflict? Absolutely. Always go inside first, because um, when you get ready to address, uh, let's say you want to confront somebody, right? You want to make sure it's resolved in you first because you don't want to be a slave to the other person's emotions or reaction to the confrontation that you want to have with them. Say you want to com confront somebody about betrayal, okay, and you confront them. If you go into that conversation looking for a certain outcome, like I expect I'm going to confront this person and I expect an apology, you're done. You're dead in the water. Because you can't guarantee that they're going to see it the way that you've experienced it. And so if the if the only outcome can be an apology, if you don't get one, you you're a slave for the you're a slave to them for the rest of your life emotionally. Cause you'll never move on because they never apologize to you. Therefore, I never got justice. Please go work on you first. Go figure out why it hurt you so bad, why it offended you so bad, why it devastated you so bad, why you were traumatized by it. Go dig it out of you first. And, and where you cannot get reconciliation, get resolution. I love when people can get reconciliation. I love when they can reconcile with somebody while they're still alive. Well, that's the only time you can reconcile with somebody is when they're still alive. I love when people get reconciliation, but everybody don't get that. You are not guaranteed re reconciliation. So if you cannot get reconciliation, get resolution. Resolution is a wonderful thing. I resolve that this is never going to be the way it was. And I'm okay with me and I'm okay with that other person. I wish it was going to be different, but it's not going to be different. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and live my life the way I'm supposed to live it. Yeah, don't, don't ever become a slave to somebody else's uh, reaction to what you want to, the conversation you want to have with them. Whether you confront somebody or you got to have a courageous conversation, whatever way you want to call it, you're in the control of you.
You can only control you. Forgive that person before you even have the conversation. That way you're free no matter which way it goes. If they see it your way, boom, you gained your brother or your sister back. Maybe you got a deeper relationship with your father or your mother, your cousin, your best friend, whatever. All good. But if it don't go your way, you're still free. Because you got to say what was on your heart. And that's really all that matters. That's the only thing you can control. Is speaking the truth based on the way you experienced what was going on. Now, after it's over, you ain't in control of none of that. Let it go. Let it go. A uh, real quick one, just a personal one, because first off, I love you, and the blue is popping on you like crazy. Hey, God is all go. over your life. Let's go. Now, real quick, yep. McDonald's. It's 12 a.m. We're tired. The air is breezy. The palm trees are flying through, and your stomach starts growling. And you see a McDonald's in the distance. Life's okay, and God's leading you there. You get to the drive-thru. What are you ordering? It's midnight's Tim Ross's hunger list. What's your McDonald's order? I have no idea where the hell this just came from. What is what? I'm what still, is happening right now? I'm still now? stuck on what are we on that the palm trees are flying. I literally just feel like if I was driving in a car, Hector grabbed the steering wheel and yanked it into a ditch. I, I have no idea where or why that just came. What? 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 Did you just like not? The, these questions were just like too much, and you were just like, you know what? The questions are great, and 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 God's moving in these people's lives. I just had a reminder of Miami, and I was wondering what the heck did Tim Ross order, so that I can order oh something at midnight. no no what what did I want to order? Because remember, we didn't even get nothing from McDonald's. <laughs> it was just sadness. Okay, okay. Hey, this is so ADHD. <laughs> the only thing I'm ever getting from a McDonald's. And this is going to be in utter desperation because <laughs> the, the the scenarios by which a McDonald's would even be on my list as an approved place to get food to sustain life is very, very slim. <laughs> but if I got to go to McDonald's, they need to have an all day breakfast menu because I'm getting McGriddles. Mm-hmm. Point, point blank, period. No Shut- sausage because I don't eat pork. Shout out to the people in chat already typing in McGriddle because they saw it <laughs> they in the previous you, episode. <laughs> they, know they know They know what's up. That's hilarious. Is that what they were saying in they, there? Yep. Dude, there was like four different McGriddles that popped up. Yeah, fam. People, people McGriddle. Are you hungry, Hector? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing up this food. Yeah, because, yeah, I was like, maybe, maybe Hector is hungry now. Like, we do have a lunch break, but he's like, no, now. Hey, Joshua donated about $14, and he wants to know, how do I know if I'm ready for a romantic relationship? He's 20 years old. Should I pursue a girl from my church, or should I look in other churches? I desire uh, the healthy marriage that my parents have of 25 years. That's beautiful, bro. So you're 20 years old, Josh. Um, You're thinking about relationships, so, yeah, you should pursue them. Um, At your age and stage, though— what I would encourage you to do, and this may, you may have like a wonderful romantic, you know, narrative in your head of how you want this to go. It, it might be, you know, I just want to meet, like the first girl I meet is and date is the girl I want to marry. It could happen that way. It's probably not. So uh, what I would advise you to do is um, to go on several dates with several different girls, whether they're 
from your church, different churches. Remember, dating is not cheating. Dating is not playing the field. Dating is interviewing. How many people have a job posting on Indeed with a list of, with their resume and all their skill sets? Why are you putting it on Indeed? Because you want as many jobs as possible to have an opportunity to look at it and you hope one of those jobs picks you. Well, in the same way, I feel like dating is 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 the same. Like you got to interview, you got to interview several candidates before you figure figure out, and they need to be interviewing several candidates before they figure out you got the job. Like, I would, you know, I would have loved to have met Juliet when I. Well, I'm three years older than Juliet, so I'm just thinking like it would have been weird. I got to I got to I got to be careful when I say this. Like, okay. I would have loved to have met Juliet when I was 10, but she was 7. So that's weird. So, like, if I if if I was a junior in high school and Juliet rolled through as a freshman, everybody every other girl's dead to me. But don't think I would that I didn't have no other girlfriends before her. Right? You would have had your little puppy love girl and the first girl I kissed, uh I she had braces, I had braces and after we finished all that tonguing, her lip was bleeding because yeah. we don't we we didn't know how to kiss. Yeah, we were just clanking our mouths together, and <laughs> surprise, a spark didn't come out. <laughs> the only thing that I think the reason why our braces didn't spark is the saliva kept it from sparking. So, if 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 you if listen, if you, uh, I was about to get distracted. Okay, so anyway, so so um uh. By the time I got with Juliet, Ju- Juliet was it. You know what I mean? I had already interviewed other people, and then Juliet came, and I was like, you have the job. <laughs> for how long, sir? Forever. <laughs> You've got this job forever. So um, Hector is too quick with these polls. <laughs> <laughs> Hector is too quick with these poles. Kissing. Tongue and all, only a peck. <laughs> 74%. Tongue and all. What else is there beside the tongue? What is all? Freaks. You know, head like, you know, you could bob your head, ear rub, um, cheek rub. Bob your head? Are you talking about like the swivel? Like, you know, you could <laughs> That's a head That's bob. A concussion right there, bro. Hey, fam. <laughs> I'm not sure. Dangerous abrasives. Where is this kiss? <laughs> I'd also add to this, though, like, it's very important for you, dude, to date yourself and figure out what you like as well. And, like, if you want to take a girl on a date, take yourself out first. Figure out, like, what you enjoy, what values you have, and then that way you know, hey, is this a good fit for me or not? And don't go off of someone else's uh, opinions on who your identity is. Okay. I love this. I'm just going to push back on the verbiage. Oh, please. Right? Please, please, please. I, I want to push back on the date yourself. Yes. Just get to know you. <laughs> just sit down yeah. and figure out what you like. You ain't got to take yourself to the movies. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there you are. So just when you're out with yourself, like, like, like Nathan likes anime. 
right? It would behoove a girl that's into Nathan at some point, not now. <laughs> I know. Okay. It would just behoove a girl at some point that would be interested in my son to know something about anime. She got to love it. But he already knows he loves it. That's what he enjoys. And he needs to be able to tell a girl that. As opposed to shape-shifting, like you're talking about. I don't like all that shape-shifting. Well, what do you, I want you so bad. Mm-hmm. I will conform. Yeah. What, what do you, oh, you're into fitness? I'm into fitness too. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You can't do 12 push-ups, right? So you're not into fitness, but you want to be into fitness because you think she's hot, right? Or... Like, you know, a lot of dudes wind up in church. They're not, they not interested in God. They're interested in a booty. You know what I'm saying? They like breasts. They like them legs. They like that hair. They like that ethnicity. Right? There's some guys, they're just zoned in on the ethnicity. They don't even, like, they just like, I only see Filipinos. Right? Like, I don't know. I, I don't, there are no other cultures. Filipinos! Right? And, um... Uh, you you just gotta know you. Like I'm, I just don't. I'm I'm not a proponent for people shape shifting. Be who you are. Let people know who you are, and let them either fall in love with the true you or not you at all. But don't all this like I'll be whatever you want because I want to be with you. Nah, I'll be about myself. I appreciate that calibration because yes, you just sir. saved me a bunch of money by dating myself, bro. <laughs> I'm canceling my reservation at Reunion Tower tonight. I was going to take myself out, but hey, no, dude, now that I don't have to date myself. You don't have to date you, bro. I appreciate that. My bank account appreciates that. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, like, I just I just felt that as soon as you said it. Like, there's just too many people that. Yeah, man, nah, nah. Just figure out what you like and then tell the people that. And then wait for the one that. There's somebody for you. There's somebody for you. That's just that's just facts. I see people walking down the street at like the mall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, walking down the street at the mall. No. <laughs> I see some people walking down the street. Sometime we're in the square. Or or we were in Houston over the weekend, Nathan and myself, and and we're walking in the mall. And I see these couples, and I'd be looking at them, and I'd be like, We all do this, right? Right? We all prejudge and we look at couples, and you'd be looking like, how did he get her? Right? You're like, what's the origin story there? Or you're like, how did she wind up with him? Right? It's just an origin story. Like you're just trying to figure it out. And and um uh there's just somebody for everybody. I mean, I'd be seeing people wear like mom jeans up to here. <laughs> and some dude is just in love with it. He's just like, man, the way those acid wash jeans. Are fastened above your belly button. Are you? Wow. T- do you mean like the 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 way that the little white girls wear them now up there? Or you mean like in a nasty way? Because it's kind of like a, a thing now. No, yeah, the mom jeans are like up here. Yeah, yeah, they they're like at the sternum. Yeah. They're like up here. Like they're like playing no games. Yeah, that, that. dude. I think this one was like close to the neck. I don't. I have no idea. I'm like, are their breasts tucked into the jeans? Is it just? Because I thought there the were overalls. I just thought there were overalls for that. Now now it's just, what are you wearing today? Jeans. What else? That's it. Jeans. They come up to my neck. Very modest. This is very modest. So, so yeah, I'm, 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 for, I'm for people just figuring out who, the, who you are and 
all that kind of stuff. But actually, I feel like like I, I have a I have loads of empathy for single people because I always tell Juliet she has to die be, uh, that 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 I have to die before her because I ain't trying to do life with her. So, and and then the life expectancy of men is usually less than women anyway. So, I, I'm just trying to stay alive long enough so Juliet can't get remarried. Right? If I die right now, there's gonna be fifty dudes lined up trying to hey, always always loved you and cared about you Ugh, it's just oh it's disgusting right so i'm like i'm eating right and exercising all that kind of stuff because i don't want nobody ain't nobody coming after me right so literally or figuratively ain't nobody coming after me right so um i'm like i'm like if i die around 95 I, ain't nobody getting remarried at 92 you know what i'm saying trying to beat those odds but let's just say, and this is this is the most dark hypothetical ever. Let's say Juliet dies before me. I wouldn't even know who to. Listen, dating in twenty twenty three sucks, fam. I hate it. Like, like I wouldn't even know how to approach a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think I would have to literally like go to just a different country. Cause I I wouldn't want to date no and this is just me and I know everybody got pure motives and other than people be finding other people after you know somebody dies spouse dies and people remarry and all that kind of stuff I just don't think I would want to want to be with somebody that knows who I am now yeah because then I would be like squinting my eyes like mm-hmm. why I don't even know why you like what do you like about me right like you know what I mean do you like me I don't know why you like me you know what I mean and then I'm like I don't even know if I believe you after you tell me right so. I think I just wind up Could in a, in a different country, just like posted up until I met some girl and and she knows nothing about me, and then it'll be like a coming to America type deal. Yeah. Could yeah. you calibrate my mindset for me? Yeah. Fast? Yeah. So like, and I'll and I'll tell you my mindset, and then let me like pump shoot holes in it. Yep. Um. Because I'm I'm in a similar situation. Like, I don't want to date anyone who knows me. Yep. Because I'm like, but why? And mm-hmm. so, like, my mindset is, I want you to not be in love with who I am today. I want you to be in love with who I'm becoming. Mm. No. 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 That's you, not you, it. you want them to be in love with who you are today. Really? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And. He, yes. So, so, here's how I want to say it. I'm grateful you asked this yes. question. So I, you want them to be in love with who you are today mm-hmm. and you want them to have the capacity mm-hmm. to love who you will become. Yeah. Because if because based on the way you said it. Yes. It, what you're telling a, a, a woman is, hey, um, ignore what I'm presently showing you mm. and say hi. Yes. Uh, no, no. Ignore who 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 I'm presently showing you. Yeah. And um, uh, I have someone for you to meet that I like better than this version of me now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. You want somebody to be in love with you now yeah. who has the capacity to grow with you as you become the person that you're becoming. Because the boundary that I'm wanting is like don't turn this moment into a monument. Absolutely correct. And like, be like, oh man, it's not what it used to be. No, it's never going to be what it used to be. Yeah. That, that's the, 
Fashion is not what it what it used to be. Right. Television shows are not what it used to be. Right. Society is not what it used to be. Ain't nothing going backwards. You know what I'm saying? So, so no, you just want somebody that has the capacity to grow with you mm-hmm. in every season and every stage. That's but don't tell them not to like you, who you are now because this is who you are now. Right. What, what else can you present? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I remember, I remember uh, when I got married to Juliet, I didn't have a job or a car. And so I told her, I said, hey, I don't have much now, but if you stick with me, I'm, I'll give you the world. Um, I, I actually wrote a song about it. Um, stick with me. How did the hook go? Stick with me. I'll, stick with me, and I'll give you. Uh, stick with me, and I'll show you the world. Exclusive trips. Exclusive trips. Uh, no. Uh, stick with me, and I'll show you the world. Expe- uh, uh, stick with me, and I'll show you the world. Exclusive gifts. Trips, money, and pearls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forgot the rest of it. <laughs> stick with me. I just remember the hook, stick yeah. with me. So anyway, um, uh, I got to find that song. That was a good song, actually. Uh, but yeah, I, that's where I was at the time. So I couldn't be like, hey, I know I ain't got nothing now, but I promise you. Right. Well, just stick with me. But right now I ain't got no car, so I'm going to need you to come. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know, you, you, I can't tell her to look past that. That's a reality right now. You know what I mean? So I just think that type of a mindset is just really beautiful to have. So I hope that helps. No, it definitely helps. Yeah. Do you want another question? For sure, bro. All right, I got you. Um, So this is, where to go? I had a good one that I wanted to ask. Oh, no. Not me losing it. I remember it, but though, so basically they were asking, um, can we talk about mental health and, uh, I thought I just had it here. Essentially. Okay. I'll ask it. I'll ask it for memories. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wanting to talk about the tension between people telling them that they can't take medication and that they need to trust God on healing. Nope. Nope. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. We trust God and we take medication. Yes. Depending on what the situation is, right? Um, you are not, you, you do not have a lack of faith if you need medicine for your body. Right? Um, the end. Like there's not, I, I don't, I mean, I don't even, I don't even have much more to say than that. Um, that that belief system is usually found predominantly in the word of faith movement where we just going to believe God and God's going to heal us. And I ain't got to take no medicine. I, I know, I, I know people, I know word of faith people with cataracts in their eyes that won't wear glasses. Bless God. I don't need no glasses. Jesus will heal my eyes. You need prescription glasses, huh? Windshield thick glasses and you need them now you need them mr magoo's now <laughs> you need them now so that's my answer to that Love it. or lasik <laughs> 619 status or lasik hey shout out to 619 619 honorary hey that's our that's him. our moderator he he listen he the, your boy was moderating before he was moderating exactly and this is why we love that dude 
Uh, can we hear Tim sing Aaliyah, One in a Million? We we need uh, we need a whole episode of 90s jams. I'm not singing One in a Million. It's a bop, though. Uh, how do I steer my loved ones away from Islam? Uh, give me something, Tim. <laughs> how do I steer my loved ones aw- uh, away from Islam? Um, pray for them. I can't tell you how many Muslim people have, um, uh, and I'm not assuming uh, Muslim is a, is a is a is a religion, so it's not an ethnicity. I, I don't know your ethnicity, um, but uh, I can't tell you how many people that are Islamic have uh, received visitations of Jesus because of the prayers of their offer the prayers of their loved ones, because uh, uh, Muslims risk. Uh, so much um, scrutiny and persecution for giving their life to Jesus Christ. Um, uh, their loved ones who have made that decision usually just start praying for them. And oftentimes they, they get a visitation from Jesus in the same way that um, the person that first experienced Christ in the uh, Muslim family did. So that could work. I'm just telling you, that absolutely could work. I think it's time to eat soon. You hungry? Yes. Oh, but I like it up here, though. That McGriddle? Yeah, question. How how are you feeling uh, shooting up here? I like it up here. Yeah, me too. Chat, how do you guys feel about this new space? We'll wait. (laughs) We'll wait. (laughs) Buckle space. I've been struggling with gluttony and the shame it has been keeping me from God's presence. How do I run back to him and keep from falling? Okay. So Sarah, I appreciate you being so honest about this. Um, here's what I'll tell you. Um, gl- gluttony is, un- uh, y- you know, it- it's not unlike any other sin. It's something that we have to bring to the light. So don't be shamed. And uh, just to help you theologically, uh, you don't have to run back to God. Scripture says he's a very present help. You don't have to, you don't have to run. You didn't run away from him. He's omnipresent. <laughs> he's everywhere. He's, every, he's everywhere at the same time. So I, I hear people that say, I ran from my calling for a long time. You didn't run from nothing. You ran into it. You thought you were running from it. You ran into it. So I just want you to know that um, God loves you. God loves you. And this can be um, a very, very strong battle. You don't have to do it alone. In the same way that you trusted this this uh, chat to be safe enough for you to say it, uh, I just want you to find uh, one other person, just to start, one other person that you can share this with. I promise you, shame is going to leap off your black, leap, leap, leap off of your back in a way that you never thought possible. Let's get the shame off of you, and let's get the 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 confidence in you to know that um, you have something greater on the inside of you than this craving um, and desire for. Whatever it is, I don't assume that gluttony automatically means food. It could, it could mean anything though. Um, I was gluttonous when it came to pornography. Um, my appetite 
my sexual appetite was not controllable because um, I wasn't in control. So I was not resisting. I wasn't doing anything uh, to curb those desires and that, that strong temptation. But I'm telling you, God's got something for you, and um, you don't have to live life alone. You can do this. Um, Teresa James, will Juliet host a women's conference again? Yep. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. I got, I got one for you. Me. Um, this is from Crystal. She says, I have been under constant demonic attack this past year after walking away from a homosexual lifestyle. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got you. Sarah, uh, first time opening up about this, and I appreciate the space the basement provides. Let's give her a hand. Yes. Let's give you. her a hand. Let's go, Sarah. Love it. Your very first time opening up about this, and you did it in a chat with 1.1 thousand people in it. 1,100 people in the chat, and Sarah's like, I'm struggling with gluttony. That's the bravest chick. You are the bravest person. You're my hero today, Sarah. That's what I'm talking about. Clap in the chat, y'all. Love seeing the hands. Let's go breakthrough. That's breakthrough right there, man. You know what? I'm clapping in the chat. (laughs) Why am I telling y'all to do something I ain't doing? That's never been my way. Uh, Clapping in the chat for Sarah. I'm actually going to put at Sarah. Real time. Then I'm going to clap again because I want her to know them claps were for her. At Sarah. Oh, I put laughing emojis. That was <laughs> so it happens when you start tapping too fast. Yep. Oh, another laughing emoji. Bam. And then I'm going gonna, then I'm gonna to do hearts up here. That's right. Chat go crazy. Chat go crazy. Chat go crazy for Sarah. Chat go crazy for Sarah. She needs that strength right now. She needs that motivation right now. Chat go crazy for Sarah. Sarah about to break an addiction to gluttony just because we clapping right here. Sarah, Major W, boom, booyah. Let's go. Hit the pose. Let's go. We in here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. We love you, Sarah. You about to be. That's the first. I'm telling you, the first way to literally break any type of stronghold or bondage Mm -hmm. say something about it the moment you open your mouth that thing starts shrinking shame starts jumping enemy starts getting mad oh it's a beautiful thing so proud of you all right hit me with the one you were talking about gotcha uh so i've been under a constant demonic attacks this past year after walking away from a homosexual lifestyle i trust god and i'm scared what advice do you have for taking authority over my life yeah it's really good first of all i'm super proud of you And absolutely, when you come out of um, that type of lifestyle, um, the enemy is not happy, like point blank, period. Now, let me just say, this is this. I want you to know you're normal. okay? whether you walked out of a homosexual lifestyle or a heterosexual lifestyle, um, uh, it is normal for this battle to rage. okay? and. uh, there's going to be there's going to be all types of temptations to go back. There's going to be all types of temptations to quit. There's going to be all types of temptations to say, I gave it a try. I, I, you know, I put my faith in Jesus, but it's just too hard. No, this is this is work and, and the work is rewarding, but it is work and it is tough and you can do hard things. And so um, I just want you to be encouraged that you're not in this alone. And uh you have a safe space here. 
within the dweller community um, to be seen, to be known, to be heard, and to be loved. We love you right where you are right now. We love you in the throes and the temptation and the struggle of wanting to revert back to that homosexual lifestyle. We love you right now, like right this minute. You ain't got to have it all together. You ain't got to be having your best day. This is why we said that this ain't about God making us happy because you've made a decision that I know has brought heartbreak. You made a decision for Jesus Christ at the expense of the way you feel wired for desire. You did that for Jesus. Ain't nothing happy about that. They, you, you, you picked up a cross. And I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge how, how brave it is and how painful it can be to make a decision for Jesus. Everybody that make a decision for Jesus ain't skipping around being happy about life. Some people enjoyed having premarital sex. They get their life to Jesus. They dying on the inside. Don't matter if you know it's wrong and it's better for your body. And I, man, please, it feels good. And now you're being faithful to one person. That ain't normal. Especially when you used to being out in them streets like that. So I just want you to know I'm so proud of you. And listen, there is more strength coming for you because you decided to open your mouth or use your thumbs. I'm a literalist. Uh, to let us know how you're feeling. I'm, I just just know that I'm proud of you. And I hope that helps. I really do hope that helps. All right, I'm going to uh, do a couple more, and then we're out because um, we got to eat, and uh, then we got to film with my sister. So, um, man, y'all still coming through too. Um, how do I encourage my love interest to have conversations about un? un unspoken expectations for both of us to set the foundation ooh, to set the ooh, to set the foundation uh from a healthy future relationship every time i bring it up he shuts down okay bella yeah um how do i encourage my love interest to have conversations about unspoken expectations all right so um bella the, my advice to you would be to lead by example with this. You want him to do something. Uh, I just want you to do it first. I just think you should lead in the in this way. With this thing that you're talking about. I just want you to lead in it. Right? Express your uncommunicated expectations. Let him know this type of relationship I want to have with you. I want to be able to share with you things. I don't want you to have to read my mind. I want to be able to have a hot relationship with you. Honest, open, and transparent. And then ask him a question uh, in a no-oriented way. Stop trying to get a yes out of him. Get a no out of him. Hey, um, do, do you think it would be impossible for us in our relationship uh, to have uh, honest, open, and, com and transparent conversation? Do, would you be against us not holding any secrets from each other? Would you be opposed to us having the type of relationship where there's no topic off limits. We can be honest with each other no matter what we're feeling without feeling like there's going to be judgment and or retribution. Would you be against that? Would you be opposed to that? Would it bother you terribly for us to have great communication? 
do you think it's impossible for our relationship uh, to be incredibly healthy? I'm just giving you all these scenarios. But ask the question in a no-oriented way. You'll find way more, you'll find out much more in a, with a no than you will a yes. So stop trying to get a yes and get a no. Okay? And then, um, Calvin Williams, I'm going to stop with you. Um, uh, how do I know, uh, how do I get my wife to go to counseling for our marriage? She refuses to go even though she knows that we need it. Okay. Then your wife's just scared. That's all it is. She's scared. So leave her alone and start, start praying for her because you can't make her do anything. And if she goes because you just beat her down, she's not going to get anything out of it. So keep, keep doing your counseling. Right. And I promise you, when you stop focusing on your wife, uh, you're, you're going to you're going to you're going to drill in deeper on you anyway. And when you th the more you change, the more it's going to change her. Now, it might get better before it gets worse, because once you once you stop doing the dance that has gotten y'all through this much of your relationship. Oh, there's going to be a problem. Because she's still going to be doing the waltz and you over here crumping which means you'd have stepped on her feet twice and elbowed her in the throat. Because crumping is pretty. It's all of that. It's pretty aggressive. The, the, the crump. The crump is pretty aggressive, right? So um, what I want you to do is uh, I want you to uh, stop focusing on her and only focus on you. You're going to you're gonna understand yourself better. Here's the other thing. Therapy, once you start really drilling down into you, it helps you to understand everybody else better as well. So just just focus on yourself. Dig into yourself. Pray for your spouse. When she's ready, she'll open up. And the more you change, the more it's going to force her hand. I promise you. All right. I love you guys. Yep, go ahead. Uh, last thing was uh, we had some people who won those shoes. Oh, yes. We got to announce the winners of these shoes. And then you got to clip this for the grant. Right. So. Um, uh, yay. My sister's on live. Hi, Sarai. I love you so much. Why am I texting this to you? But you're on the live as well. So <laughs> I'm texting you. And you're going to see it, too. All right, peeps, let me let me let me pull this up real quick. So I'm about to announce the winners of the press bees. OK, those one of well, they were one of one, but now I got them in different sizes. So they're going to be some other people. But I got the winner of the press bees and then I got the winner of the Cali, Texas Nikes. OK, those press B Nikes and those Cali, Texas Nike. All right. Y'all ready? Drum roll, please. All right. The winner of the Gray Press B Nikes is Josh Hafner from Georgia. Woo! Josh, you are the winner. You are the winner of those Press Bs. Hey, bro, and they're already coming to you. They've been overnighted to you. I, yeah, I'm with that premium next day. You know what I'm saying? You ain't you ain't waiting four to six business days, right? Soon as you win these sneaks, bro, they get into you the next day, though, fam. They coming to you. 
They will be in your mailbox tomorrow by 8 p.m. in Georgia. Believe that. I got the receipt for it, though. <laughs> all right. All right. And the winner of the Cali Nikes, all right, is, drum roll, please. Why am I saying please and then providing my own drum roll? <laughs> Doing my own noise again. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Brianna Hayes Let's is go. the winner of the Cali, Texas Nikes. She is in Florida. That's all you getting on, Brianna. I'm not putting out all these people's business in the street. Josh is in Georgia. Brianna is in Florida. Those Cali, Texas Nikes are going to be by to you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Again, I do overnight. You know what I'm saying? I ship them things today. You get them tomorrow. Why? Because you couldn't get them same day. I don't have Amazon access. I don't have the Bezos jet to get you the stuff same way. I don't have Prime, but this is the best thing next to it. You know what I'm saying? Josh, Brianna, congratulations. I got a whole new colorway coming out for my girls. I got different sizes coming out uh, uh, for the guys in the Press Bs. I got um, also got 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s. I don't think I could do a 14. Uh, but I got those 1997 Press Bs, Grey Nikes. When those, when those come in, we're going to pick four more guys. And then... I got a colorway for the girls that's popping. Juliet is like, yo, give me them shoes. I cannot wait to show them to you. As soon as I have the first pair in hand, I'll be showing them to you. And hopefully we got five or six lucky women that's going to be walking around with those exclusive press bees. Listen, I'm so excited that I get to give to y'all in this way. Y'all have given to us abundantly. And so the fact that we got to give to you is just a blessing as well. So listen, all right, that's it. We've done our giveaways, yada, yada. I've answered a bunch of questions. Yay, we got other people. Yay, I love it. I love it. Everybody's congratulating people and all, the, all that kind of stuff. It's so dope. Hey, Vicky, ready for them girl shoes? Let me tell you something. When y'all see this colorway, though, mm -hmm. I want to just show y'all the picture, but it's just better when you have it in hand. So when I get it in hand, we'll take a picture, we'll put it out on Instagram, and then... All we do is we just tell the people, hey, if you like them, let us know. And then, obviously, we just go through and just pick a person. Y'all do it. So what's the process? Y'all just go in there, pick a person? It's just the Lord, dude. It's just. <laughs> uh, Julie Julie prophetically prays over it, throws a little bit of uh, some goat blood on there. Whoa. And after that, God leads away. That sounds like Santaria. <laughs> yeah, Juliana, I'm glad you walked in here. <laughs> Because this dude said you using all type of goat blood to, to to prophetically find out who's supposed to wear the shoes. So weird. Hey, Gorgeous Wells doesn't have Instagram. You know what we should do? All right, so some people are going to... So we're going to pick some winners. From the live? From Not from the live. Huh. We'll pick some pe people from Instagram, a couple of people from Instagram. And then we need to make sure we take a picture of the, the, the Nikes as well. Put them on our YouTube and then pick a couple of winners from YouTube as well. Yeah. It's only fair. It's only fair. Yep. Somebody said, can I please order the Cali, Texas ones? I'm from L.A. and moved to Texas as well. Okay. Okay. You, you, okay. Duly noted. We just going, we just going to have to see. No, you, ain't nobody buying now. Uh, uh, Julissa Castro. Castro. Julissa. Um... No, you won't pay for them. No, these ain't paying for. I want to give them. Like, I want to be a blessing to y'all. So um, as soon as they come out, 
y'all start blowing us up. Let us know if you want them. <laughs> Mackenzie Franklin said, I'm in Denton. Can I come pick up? <laughs> you trying to cheat, bro. <laughs> trying to cheat. Dude probably lived like two miles away from here. He trying to get that <laughs> and walk in and get him. Nah. It's really easy for us. <laughs> yeah, them Instagram voice notes. We didn't get to none of those today. I know we I know we probably had a lot of them. Yeah, we had a ton. We can we'll have them for for next time. And then I was seeing people comment about asking about the merch. Merch is on the way, y'all. Merch is on the way. That the new works. yeah, that new drop is about to hit. It looks insane. Yep. Yeah, I just I I don't know what it was. I was just feeling I was just feeling the chat today. I know Hector, you sent that out. So, um you know, to be we did put that out first before I felt that. So let's go ahead and like do a couple okay. of uh phone ones or the voice chat ones and then we'll sign off. It's only fair. Yeah. It's only fair. I like to be a person cool. of my word, so here we go. Uh it'll be anonymous on this one. Okay. Hey basement fam. I have a question for you all. So I am not in full time ministry. However, I have led a lot of, of small groups and community groups over the years. I am very passionate about creating community in the local church. Um, I think I'm learning that as a leader of the community groups, I'm not necessarily accepted as just another person in, in the community. There's an element still of loneliness in it because I am the leader of it. Uh, I've been in a season of, that I think is like a season of pruning over the last year. And so I'm experiencing a lot of pain and I'm, and it's not all having to do with this, but I'm wondering if you have any experience with this element of leading community, but not necessarily feeling a part of community. Absolutely. I know exactly what that feels like. My encouragement to you. Well, first of all, let me um, validate the experience you're having. Yes. At any time that you become the leader of anything, there's just a difference in the dynamic. It's you can try your best to try to say, just like you, on the same level, hey, I'm leading this group, but I need as much grace as you do. Nope, nope, they see you differently, point blank, period. I tried to do that when I first became a lead pastor with my staff. I almost train wrecked them. They were like, I don't even know what kind of pastor you are. Y'all think y'all been y'all y'all think y'all been shocked by me <laughs> based off some of the stuff I've said uh on our pods or on the guest pods. You don't you have no idea what it was like uh to be um on my staff <laughs> those first two or three uh, really the the first four years of me being me being a lead pastor and, and trying to lead my staff was just I tried to be like the transparent leader that, hey, I, I, nothing off limits. I'm open to everything. You just can't do that with everybody. And so I I want to validate the experience you're having and just want you to know that you're normal. The experience you're having is normal. Uh, what I also want to say to you is um, you can lead a community and have community. They simply don't have to be the same community. So... You can be taking care of your community, and you might have a couple of people within that community that you feel a little bit closer to, but it's okay to have two or three people 
that you really feel like you get that recharge with and that connection with where you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel valued, you feel known, you feel loved. It does not have to be the same community um, that you're leading. Um, you're going to feel close to them, but you might feel closer to some people that are in a different community or um, not in even not in ministry at all, but they love Jesus. Um, so uh, anyway, I hope that helps. I can't hear that one at all. I barely hear that one. Hi to everyone in the building and online. I love you so much. Praise the Lord. My name is Tabitha John. I'm 19 from India. And my question is, I would like to know Uncle Tim's perspective on this. I've seen some churches where they allow kids to preach, kids less than 14 years, 10 years, to preach on Sunday service and to the adult congregation. And every time I see that, I have so much empathy for the kids because I feel like it's too airy for them. And also, I become curious why do church leaders even make that kind of decision? I'm not offended anymore because I've learned from the basement to, <laughs> to not be offended first before I know why. So I'm just curious why do they make that? So I would like to know Uncle Tim's perspective on these kids to be allowed to preach on Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> That woman has my whole heart right now. Like, I am jacked up just to hear her voice and her accent from India calling me Uncle Tim is messing me up. Woo! Lord have mercy. I'm telling you, the, the body of Christ is the most beautiful family to ever be a part of. Dang. Oh, my goodness. Did she have, did she give her name or was that anonymous as well? Uh, no, her name's Tabitha. She did say Tabitha. Thank you. Tabitha, first of all, I love you. You're my niece, and I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just to hear your voice, just bless me, just to hear your voice. All right, Tabitha, so um, my answer, I, I want to disclaim that my answer is not a biblical answer because I really don't know if this is biblical or not. Uh, but I want you to know that um, when I see little kids preaching, I have the same feeling you do. My heart sinks, my head drops, and I think to myself, oh no, what are they doing to this kid? Um, now, I know that there's, I know that God can call anybody to preach at any time. Um, I, I just don't think um, I just don't think it's good stewardship. Uh, we just live in a different time. We just do. And, you, you know, churches putting five-year-old preachers up, six-year-old preachers, seven-year-old preachers. Literally, most cartoons are older than these kids. And they're preaching these messages and... Um, I, I just think they, they, they get 
more indoctrinated into church culture than they do Jesus. That's, that's, and I don't know how everything, it's just the look of it for me. It's the look of it for me. I, I can't judge it. But the look of it for me just makes me concerned for the kid. Because if, 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 if you're chomping down on church hype at seven, how is this kid going to be normal? Even in his belief, even as a preacher, if this is the type of attention he's been getting, like you're just making Michael Jackson, right? Just do the moonwalk when you're seven. Do the robot. Just keep going. And then you wake up and then we wonder why this person is so jaded. Kick, you didn't let him ride a bike. You had him in a big old suit hooping. Ugh. It's I, I get concerned about it. Um, I, You know, there's probably a few of those kids that are really on fire for Jesus, and that's really what they're supposed to be doing. I just think the majority of them, it's like, I don't know if I would be putting my kid in that type of situation. I just wouldn't do that. So um, my sentiment is the same as yours. I, 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 I don't think kids that young should, should have that kind of exposure. This is not apples to apples, but it's the same way I feel about when somebody comes out of really traumatic um, life and, uh, you know, really in the depths of sin, and we have them given testimonies within six months of their salvation experience. This person was on meth. They, they haven't even been discipled well, and you got them preaching a mini-sermonette or giving their testimony like I, I was a prostitute, but the Lord saved me. It's like we love the sensational testimonies, and and we love. I just think we wind up hoeing people out in church. I know that's strong language, man, but I, I'm just not for us hoeing people out for their stories, for their testimonies. I told you I'm walking with a um, a friend of mine who's detransitioning. Um, from living her life as a man. I don't want her on the basement. Not right now. In the middle of detransitioning. I don't want everybody in her business. I got to protect her. She's a disciple of Jesus. She needs to be protected, not exposed. We think, oh, we got them in the church now. Let's you. We are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Is it going to wait? Mm-hmm. Is it going to hurt for you to wait to listen to this testimony for three years? Can we make sure that, okay, yay, you came off meth. It's been six months. Can we, can we wait two years to make sure you don't relapse? Maybe on your third year, third year anniversary of sobriety, now it's time. But not 90 days. Right? Not 90 days. What are we talking about? What's up, baby? <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't. Again, I know that wasn't an apples to apples analogy, but I just don't want to see a bunch of, 
bunch of kids in ministry just playing church and they're more into church culture than they are Jesus culture. They're more into church culture than they are kingdom culture. And that same kid who's preaching this message at seven turns 17 and his hormones are raging. And now guess what? He's running through the youth group. But because he has a gift, we're just going to keep letting him preach it. I'm not, I'm not for it, fam. Who's ready? Okay, one more. And then, hey, that's the call I've been waiting on. I'm ready to eat. team this is Ashley from the DFW and my question is I am co-parenting with a non-believer uh, we're not married and uh, we have an almost 14 year old daughter who is uh, confused about her sexual identity so I on the one hand want to raise her in the truth of what the Lord says about this but her father celebrates it you know wants to buy her all the pride gear any words of wisdom uh, regarding this topic would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Was that anonymous? Or uh, No, that is from Ashley Franklin. Ashley, okay. She did say Ashley. I'm so sorry. I'm so, key. Mm -hmm. again, I see everything in pictures, so I'm so dialed into what she's telling me. Ashley, I did hear you say your name. I'm so sorry I'm asking afterwards. Same thing for Tabitha. My bad. Um, uh, but here's what I'll say. Uh, Co-parenting a 14-year-old with an unbeliever is going to be um, a tug of war. And uh, but these tugs have to be gentle. You don't need to yank. Um, your daughter is trying to navigate her life as a teenager and um there there we don't know if this has been a same sex attraction since birth we don't know if it's been influenced by her friends uh uh by the sports she plays by the the account she follows by the other young ladies that are in her sphere by any artist she looks up to we don't we don't know what's what's causing this pull what we do know is that we have a value system as a, as believers in Jesus Christ that's going to be completely different than an unbeliever's value system. And what I want to encourage you to do, Ashley, is to have the conversation with your daughter that lets her know that you love her where she is right now. And you want her to know that the support you're going to give her is going to be from your belief system that is grounded in the word of God. Don't make any apologies for that. You love her right where you are and you let her know that the support that you're going to give her is grounded in the belief system you have in Jesus Christ and the biblical teachings um, that we have in the Bible. That's all you got to give her. And you can't control what happens when she go over, goes over her father's house. And so she might come home with the, with the uh, 
pride Nikes. You know what I mean? Um, she may come home wearing her, her, a rainbow T-shirt. You're going to hug that girl. You're going to love on that girl. And when you have your conversations with her, when, when, when she's in your space, you're going to love her right where she is. And you're going to remind her that uh, you're loving her and you're only going to support her based on the belief system that you have in Jesus. That can be really gentle. Not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be abrasive. Um, but you just love her where she is. And she has to love you where you are. And you're teaching her how to respect boundaries. If she wants you to respect her boundary based on what she's feeling, she needs to respect yours. So that's what I have to say to that. Um, all righty then. Good? All right. I love y'all. 1100 in the chat. You guys are amazing people. Uh, we got a great, great lineup this week. Who's on? So tomorrow we have uh, Robert Madu. Oh, snap. And then, um, and then Thursday is Chaz Smith. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, y'all got two guests this week. Yes. So my boy Robert Madu, who's senior pastor of Social Church in Dallas, uh, Social Dallas. Um, is uh, that's gonna be a great it? Uh, that's a great interview. Oh, I'm so happy for y'all. And then Chaz Smith, my boy Chaz is coming through. Um, he is going to blow your mind. This is a believer in Jesus Christ who has a ministry through anime that he is about to present to the world, and I cannot wait for y'all. All the anime fans, listen, we got something coming for you. Oh, man. So anyway, I love you guys so much. Shout out to Candy, Texas Hippie Vet. I love I love you. Shout out to Alejandra. Uh, shout out to Cassandra, Shirley, uh, Vicky, Ar Ariel, uh, Bianca, 619 Status. Thank you for holding it down. Um, Adetunji. Adetunji. Calvin Williams. Cass. Crimson. Um, Ryan Robinson, uh, Mika, King Waffle, uh, The Soothing Scratch, Dwella Vader, um, Isaiah Ruffin, uh, Bisola, Gwyn Gwynnell, I think it's Gwynnell, Zanine, uh, Deantra, anyway. I love y'all. I could just do roll call all day. Y'all are special to me. I love you guys so much. Thank you for pressing B. Get down here. It's safer in the basement. Peace. We just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord.